0: podcast where we link trashy movies and arty films and we're here to say they're not too different you can enjoy both with me as always is my co-host and partner Aaron. hello and i forgot to say my name again i was gonna say <laughs> I can see that on your face and
1: here's my partner and co-host nick
0: there you go that's how you do it Ta-da. the handing off back and forth
1: i'm the trashy movie <laughs> no. no
0: i'm the trashy movie Aww.
1: we're not too different <laughs> nailed it
0: Sweet. Uh, speaking of movies, this is my favorite segue. <laughs> Not trying
1: at all this week. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> last week we covered a cop movie from Hong Kong, Hard Boiled, uh, and we decided to take a look at another kind of neo-noir-ish. Very uh, neo-noir-ish, yeah.
1: I would argue. Oh, that's fine. What we're going to argue about it, apparently.
0: <laughs> this time from America. Um, this is, of course, To Live and Die in LA from 1985. Directed by the Madman William Friedkin,
1: <laughs> the absolute madman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Written by Friedkin and uh, former Secret Service special agent Gerald Pettivich. Oh, Petivich. Um, which it's based on Gerald Pettivich's novel of the same name. Ah, um, oh,
1: did he write like a biography type thing? And...
0: No, they are they are fictional. but oh, he... okay it was like from my standpoint as a secret service agent okay. and I'll talk about what the writing process was like later because I got some fun facts on that Love so that. It's right. just a, a little tease a little teaser there. Right. Uh, this is starring William Peterson who was pretty much unknown at the time oh. uh, and a not yet craggy Willem Defoe who was also pretty much not known at the time
1: very smooth Defoe uh, in yeah. this one
0: yeah, <laughs> monster asleep post smooth Defoe,
1: <laughs> that's William Friedkin in 1985, <laughs> post smooth
0: Defoe <laughs> Uh, we've also got Deborah I don't to be able to pronounce her last name Deborah Fewer,
1: I think. I it's German. I don't know if it's foyer if uh, you have okay. to say it that way or not.
0: Deborah. Debbie and John Pankow with some uh, John Turturro in there to add yeah, some uh, right. some chaos. And, I
1: always forget and then I remember I'm like oh yeah, he's in this. His
0: legs are just all over the place.
1: <laughs> it's very spindly <laughs>
0: and soundtracked famously by Wang Chung. Uh, in case you weren't sure that this took place in the 80s, just really <laughs> grind that into your ears.
1: Just a absolute pinpoint mid-80s, <laughs> yeah. aggressively synthesized soundtrack yeah. by Wang Chung. There's yeah.
0: synthesized soundtracks and then there's capital S synthesized
1: Yes, like yes there are. So let's, uh, let's talk about this movie. Let's do it. Uh, it's cop month, apparently. Yeah, yeah. apparently.
0: Or, it's... Half of a month. <laughs> Top <Yeah>. two weeks. <laughs> uh, so, if you don't know to live and die in LA, here is a spoiler-infused uh, synopsis of sorts. So we've got la be- LA It's starting out well. <clears throat>
1: LA.
0: <laughs> LA-based secret service agent Richard Chance. He exhibits reckless behavior, which, according to his partner Jimmy Hart, will probably land him in the morgue before he's ready to retire. That's basically how we're introduced. Uh, Richard Chance being, of course, that's William Peterson. Right. The need for thrill manifests itself in his personal life by his love of base jumping. Professionally, he takes risks like, and this is the only time I've ever come across this word, sextorting, uh, extorting with sex, uh, a Sexual parolee. Right? Yeah. Okay, I got it. A parolee named Ruth Lanier, that's Deborah, who feeds him information in return for him not sending her back to prison for uh, made-up, trumped-up parole violations. Um, sure, right. And uh, in case you weren't sure if he was supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy, <laughs> Chance opens this movie by saving President Ronald Reagan, so confirmed, <laughs> shitty bi- <laughs> shitty guy.
1: This is, <laughs> this is the if-only-we-had-killed-baby-Hitler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get, Wonderful. <laughs>
0: getting my leftism in there real early.
1: <laughs> Leftist scum confirmed. Yep. I I hadn't really. I I do wonder why. Maybe you'll cover this later. But why it opens with him as a Secret Service person? He's yeah, we will working talk about that. as se- Secret Service. Okay. All
0: right. No, he is a Secret Service agent. That's his like his job. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Also involved. Rick Masters. Yes. That's uh Defoe He's an LA-based artist slash counterfeiter. <laughs> After retreated to a very accurate portrayal of the counterfeiting process. Chance's partner, Jimmy Hart, begins investigating uh, Masters' operation and is quickly murdered. Uh,
1: in the first, like, ten minutes or something.
0: And he was, like, two days away from retirement. Yeah,
1: three days. Three he days. He had three days left. Yeah, what
0: tropes we got in there? We got three days from retirement. He says, I'm too old for this shit. He, he...
1: literally says it out loud, yeah. Yeah,
0: and he's he's the...
1: One of them's the reckless young cop. One of the yeah. Yep,
0: yep. It's all You've in there. You've
1: seen the movie.
0: <laughs> uh, so Chance gets partnered up with John Vukovich. This is John Panko. And Chance is determined to nab Masters at all costs, and he is much more willing than usual to use violence against and kill anyone who crosses his path in his pursuit of vengeance.
1: Uh,
0: so Chance sees an opportunity to infiltrate Masters' operation by posing as a money buyer, so someone coming to the counterfeiter to buy money. To
1: buy money. It, it sounds
0: insane. When it I say is,
1: it <laughs> is very, when you're watching it and you're like, okay, I'll pay you this amount, I'm like... Uh, wait, <laughs> I have to do conversion on this crime
0: that $200,000 for $1 million. Yeah. <laughs> what? How is this a good deal for you? <laughs> like... Oh, wait, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so Masters tells Chance and Vukovic, uh, who are undercover, that he needs $30,000 up front. Otherwise, he'll assume they're cops. And he he knows that this is a sum that like no law enforcement would actually give oh, for okay. a buy. So that's kind of the, the background that's there. That's how he's weeding them out. Yeah. that's why he doesn't get caught doing stuff. Gotcha. Uh, So using information from Ruth, Chance and Vukovic set out to rob an unrelated money mule uh, of his cash, which will then be used to pay Masters so that the agents can then bust Masters in this deal. Right, okay. Which, like, there's no way any of this is going to be held up because, like, it's... Based yeah. on a crime that these agents have done. Where?
1: So where did you get the money? I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, all right. Case dismissed. It
0: definitely has nothing to do with the Chinese man that just came into... That uh, was, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, so Chance is like yeah we're doing it but this is all a big problem for Vukovic who is like not a fan yeah very by the book he's literally wearing sweaters and ties the whole time Uh, Chance is in his leather jacket
1: yeah he's got a cool leather jacket yeah he's doing the Miami Vice where it's rolled up big time
0: yeah big time Which that movie came out the year before this Oh shit, okay, alright, there you go (laughs) Uh, Naturally the agent's robbery goes south Uh, The Money Mule was an FBI agent undercover this whole time And he is killed by accident Uh, And then Friedkin does what he does best He gives us a super bonkers car chase through (laughs) LA uh, Which is the best, I love it so much It's Uh, very tense Yes, and then Vukovic starts to uh, crack We start to get uh, (laughs) Vukovic going nuts but the agents go through the plan anyway, and uh, here's where the, all of the big spoilers come in. Mm. Super big spoilers. This deal goes south. Our protagonist, Chance, is killed with a shotgun blast to the face. It's...
1: Very unexpected. Yeah, if you
0: are not expecting it, it is is—it is a real harsh turn, but, like, so goddamn effective. like.
1: I I literally remember this movie as Vukovic gets shot Mm. and then Chance goes on like a, you know. Because
0: it's so unbelievable, right? It's
1: so, yeah, it's very abrupt. Yeah. It's extremely believable because this guy's an idiot, but (laughs) it is very unexpected.
0: It does feel like, yeah, you've... Been lucky that this hasn't happened up until now.
1: Oh yeah, you should have died 80 times <laughs> yes. already.
0: So Vukovich tracks down Masters, who's attempting to burn away all the evidence, and uh, Vukovich kills him in cold blood, and in the end starts to take on Chance's mannerisms and such. Mm-hmm. And it's a real, like... He cracks. Yeah, real, real, uh, what monsters have we made of our own kind of <laughs> ending. So that's, uh, that's a rundown of To Live and Die in L.A.* That is the plot. Yep. yep
1: it's very when you say it just front to back like that it is very standard cop movie yeah. sounding and obviously you know it was 40 years ago or whatever so it's there weren't as many of those but it it just it's funny how much of a template that is now yeah if you just say oh i'm making a cop movie that's pretty much what people are assuming yeah. that you're gonna make
0: really yeah but like those tropes were established by this point point. one of the reasons that like I know I wanted to talk about this movie with you is uh, that this feels like, on paper, like you said, it feels like, oh, this is just your run-of-the-mill churn-it-off trope-fest cop drama bullshit, but it's... So, like, that in my mind, in our weird binary that doesn't really always apply to everything, this would be, like, a trashy movie, but it's done so artfully in a way to me that, like, it's this cool, it's riding this cool line between, like, oh, they're just saying the trope out loud to get it out of the way so that they can get to the good shit.
1: Yeah, that's not, like, some dramatic reveal or anything. It's not like, wow, imagine if cop did this. Like, that's just... Yeah, that's going to be the plot. Are you like, let's just all move on.
0: Yeah, like the first 15 minutes, if you just watch the first 15 minutes, you're going to be like, oh, this movie sucks. This is
1: not a good movie. Yeah, maybe you can explain. I don't I don't really understand the opening. Yeah, I why can. Why that's in um, there. Yeah.
0: So I let's go through some of these. This has to do with the writing of it, the reason okay. it's like this. Okay. So I'm just going to throw a bunch of Friedkin quotes at you really quick. Please do. It's his, this is his personal favorite of all of these films he's ever made. This is just, like, he is on record as that. Uh, I think it's probably my favorite of his two, so I'm I'm united with him on that. All right. <laughs> we have a united <laughs> friend. Um, all the same. So he, uh, the book was kind of tossed to him as people being like, oh, Fried can like this. And he read it and he's like, this book is great. I'm going to make this movie. Uh, so he said of the story, quote, The thing that fascinated me was the surrealism in the life of a sacred sorcerer. Sur- sur- Secret service agent. (laughs) It's hard to get through that. Uh, One day you're guarding the president of the United States, playing cards with him and telling jokes. The next day you have to chase down some guy down a bad neighborhood alleyway for $50 worth of bad credit cards. Because secret service they're treasury agents. Sorry, I keep saying secret service agents. But treasury agents, they are tasked with, I think this has shifted now, but it used to be. You did all the counterfeiting, all the, the fraud stuff. This was
1: like borderline FBI work.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah, you're kinda in the crack. It's this weird thing of like anything that has to do with like if you're writing a bad check, that's technically a federal crime, so a treasury <laughs> right. agent has to come after you.
1: <laughs> this this is the untouchables. This is right? Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, that's exactly okay. what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you're like, You're an accountant. You don't you're carrying a gun <laughs> yeah. for some reason? Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay. yeah,
0: but I'm gonna find this guy who's writing the bad checks and has the bad credit cards and we'll nab him for that twenty dollars that he And now I need to to go talk to Reagan about how he's got Mm -hmm. dementia to keep him safe behind doors.
1: I do really enjoy, there's a little throwaway line where they are doing this, they're sort of trading off shifts of like guarding the presidential suite or whatever. And Reagan is out. I don't think it's, Reagan isn't named as the president, but... It's nineteen eighty five, right? And you you yeah.
0: see his picture a few times. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: yeah. And um one of the in the background, one of the agents is like, Okay, well he's done his speech, so he'll be he'll be good for another thirty minutes and then we have to like put him away. <laughs> like, oh my god. Okay.
0: And this is yeah, eighty five. It's, it's
1: real early. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh so the this thing of like the opening is this huge high stakes president get the terrorist and all that mm. and then you're cutting to like this relatively low stakes bullshit. Okay. That is on purpose to make to make you go like, "What the hell are we even doing?" Like <laughs> uh the idea being that William Peterson's character is just like, "Oh, I just want to get through this." Like and okay. then it turns into a revenge thing that's like, "Oh, this small town guy, I can do whatever I want because I take care of the president, but I have to like investigate." Oh,
1: uh, okay. So he thinks he's like, yeah, super cop.
0: Yeah. And you're like bouncing between the spectrums like that. Like that's not mm. good for how you structure yourself internally you don't know where you're <laughs> no. at day to day no you
1: can't like assign an importance level to things once you've like stopped a terrorist from blowing up the president yeah
0: like that's and then you cut to like chasing a guy down an alley, like, yeah, yeah you're gonna be like oh what i do when this happens is blow them away
1: yeah. <laughs> my job is to murder things is yeah. it? i don't
0: so that's okay that's okay that's
1: okay yeah. great great trivia makes a lot of sense to me now <laughs>
0: Uh, Kind of building on that, uh, Friedkin said that he only kept about twenty percent of the original book. If he Uh had to guess, okay, and that's from his first draft. And he said that once he started editing the movie, he lost even more of that. Okay, so just the concept
1: of the like Federal Treasury Agency (laughs) and
0: just the vaguest of plot framework. Okay, that's about all we're we're taking from the book.
1: Okay, I can see that though because the movie is a, a very good example of like. It puts people in a situation and just lets them do their thing. Kind of, you're not watching, like, quote unquote, a plot. And you're you're watching reactions.
0: Yeah, you're not being told. It's doing the thing where, like, you're watching people's actions and such, but you're, and you're not being told whether it's a good action or a bad action. It's, there's no, like, moral judgment attached to it until later on and you start to feel the weight of things. Yeah. But, like, as things are happening, it's just like, oh, and then he did this, and you're kind of left to, like, take it yeah. on your own. Yeah,
1: it's very just, yeah, of course this happened because that person would do that in that scenario. Yeah. yeah. And okay.
0: I, reading that, I was like, oh, that makes sense because this really does not present <laughs> treasury agents.
1: I'm not sure the well, Secret Service guy would have written this book. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, Pet, uh, Petovich, sure. our Secret Service friend, Secret. he liked all the changes. He thought they were good. Oh, all uh, right. And, like I said, he was credited as one of the writers of the, the actual movie, though he contests this and he says he didn't write anything. Friedkin constantly consulted him after he finished the first draft just for like authenticity and just to make sure he had details right. And Friedkin loved the collaboration enough that he's like, I'm giving you a screen credit. I don't care. Oh, okay. Like I'm going right. to get you paid.
1: Like I wouldn't have character. written this without him. So therefore he's a yeah. writer. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cute. So, yeah. So uh, nice. it ultimately is like written by Friedkin with, you know. Input. Input from. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So like his other movies, Friedkin edits his films not based on the rough cuts that follow the plot, but based on how things change while they shoot. So when he said he lost even more of the story, it was like while he was editing. He edited the movie to Wang Chung's soundtrack. Oh. Because the way he got them to write the soundtrack is he handed them a script and said, write music that doesn't have like a beginning or an end, just like a vibe. And then I will cut the movie around that. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, they're basically Spielberg and Williams. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Come basically. On. <laughs> I've always said this.
0: Lang Chung is the... And Friedkin. <laughs> <Kennedy. laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, I, I like this a lot, and I know you're going to like this a lot. He compares editing to knitting, um, ah. saying that it is just like you are stitching together a thing. Like, you you need to do it... You have a recipe, like the the pattern, sure. which yeah. is based on your your screenplay or whatever but it is just you feeling it out and putting it together properly
1: oh that's um, great okay and I he is like an accomplished lot. knitter oh <laughs> yeah what a unusual thing to learn about um total madman <laughs> all right yeah i respect that he stopped
0: doing it just because he said he he kind of lost patience and having to carry stuff around
1: yeah that's no cool. i get that for sure <laughs> that's really ah charming
0: i like that i I love that picturing him doing all of his interviews and stuff just or like screaming
1: at his stars on set and he's just in his chair furiously firing a pistol into the air putting it down and just starting yeah Uh, (laughs) i'm making a sweater
0: it's just got like blood stains on the sweater
1: i have to assume yeah
0: So, with a budget of six million dollars—not a lot at the time—he yeah. couldn't afford any stars, which is why we have all unknowns in this. Oh, okay. Uh, because his previous works, like he obviously French Connection, he's this big star director. People but then, love uh, him. yeah. If you've never seen Sorcerer, go watch that, and then go to therapy afterwards. <laughs> um, it, uh, Tremble
1: inside yeah, for a little bit. Yeah.
0: He kind of took a pretty enormous hit on that, and he was mm-hmm. kind of trying to right. rebuild after that.
1: That's such a that's such a fun, if I may divert for yeah. two seconds. Sorcerer is such a funny thing to have happened because didn't it open the same week as Star Wars? The
0: same week or the week after. Something yeah. like that, yeah.
1: And it was fucking called Sorcerer. <laughs> a movie about driving a truck. Yeah. And so I'm sure people bought tickets and then were like what the fuck? Yeah, they're
0: like, especially if they're just going for like, oh, I want to go see the Wizard movie. Yeah. And they go and like, not a word of English is spoken for like 40 minutes. No, that's
1: true. Yeah, it's all just putting the team together, but the team doesn't know each other and none of them speak English. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Except for Roy Scheider. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Anyway, I really like that. Yeah. That's too bad because Sorcerer is fucking fantastic. Yeah,
0: Sorcerer rules. The, the, my favorite Friedkin is tied between this and Sorcerer, probably. yeah mm, but this one makes me feel less sick while I'm watching
1: it. So. Yeah, oddly, yeah. it does. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, anyway, we're so, talking about *To Live and thank Die*. You. We yeah. sure are. <laughs> Get back to it. Uh, but uh, the 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 only reason I bring up the the casting stuff is he had like Willem Dafoe's character Rick Masters. He had him written and like he's this big bad guy, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, quote from Frieden, Once I had cast Willem Dafoe, it was clear this actor had tremendous complexity and a kind of ambisexual equality. Oh. So I adapted the character to what I perceived about Willem. So he rewrote the character from the ground up. Like, oh wow, fulfills all the same plot stuff. Sure, but he changed one hundred percent of everything about him. So like, all the kinky sex stuff is one hundred percent. He saw Willem Dafoe's face. He's like, <laughs> I know what you'd be into. You're into some shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: He's he's a very he's very like sexually threatening in this movie. Yes. Like you never see him do anything weird or bad. Yeah. But he's just he he has will defoe energy. What are you gonna do? He's
0: sexually threatening but also respectful. Like it's somehow <laughs> this really bizarre combination. Yeah, like
1: he's really kind to his girlfriend yeah. and just like
0: And he's like, Hey girlfriend, I got you another girlfriend. Yeah. And
1: so <laughs> I'll happy. be out tonight. <laughs> just wanna to make sure you're not lonely.
0: <sighs> that's great.
1: Maybe f- we should make this Willem Dafoe month. That's what we should do. Oh, I wouldn't. We skipped. We funny. skipped him with hard boiled. That's true.
0: Yeah. I That's mean, okay. I'll have to think on that. Let's let's yeah, let's come back let's to this. this. Let's have that conversation off mic,
1: <gasps> behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> I got a few before, uh, more Friedkin quotes for you here. Hmm. Uh, one quote, just short and sweet. The entire film is not just about counterfeit transactions and money, but counterfeit relationships.
1: Nice. Oh. There it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: And this is just, I like this generally about how Freakin' makes stuff. All of the films I've made that I've chosen to make are all about the thin line between good and evil. Mm. And also the thin line that exists in each and every one of us. That's what my films are about. That's what To Live and Die in L.A. is about i
1: love panel. when they just look directly yeah. into camera and go here is what my film is about uh, thank you for your time
0: here's where it gets a little like okay so much stuff after this is just this but uh there's a thin line between the policeman and the criminal the best cops are always crossed the best cops are the ones who are able to think like criminals because mm-hmm. but for a quirk of fate they might have been criminals
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we got william peterson and was like Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do now. <laughs> I just nice.
0: like how like it's an incredibly veily, thinly veiled ACAB, basically.
1: It's for coming from the memoirs, basically, of, it. well, not memoirs, but like, yeah, from from coming directly from a certain Secret Service agent. It does feel very like, hey, fuck you. Hey, funny.
0: Funny. funny. You suck. <laughs> you're a criminal. I hate you. <laughs> but also, you're great.
1: <laughs> but also, I love you. So, Adorable. Some, uh,
0: some other fun facts. Sorry, I didn't mean to
1: cut you off. No, no. Sorry. Let me finish my thought. Adorable. <laughs> That's all.
0: Thank you. Uh, the counterfeiting scene off the beginning. Uh, it's such a cool montage Ooh, of everything. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it looks so authentic. And I know that you know this, but it's because it was authentic. Uh, <laughs> they
1: counterfeited the hell out of that money. They
0: sure did. There was a convicted counterfeiter on set uh, consulting and uh, mm-hmm. showing them how it was done. Somehow, I didn't know this part. The reason the counterfeiter is there is Petovich Got him parole to come to set and then go back to jail. Oh, (laughs) so weird!
1: (laughs) I mean, just like you probably get paid better than in prison. Yeah,
0: just you get to do a day trip. I guess.
1: That's wild. Okay. All it, right. It,
0: it feels like being like, hey, heroin junkie, I'm going to get you out of jail to come and like look at this addictive thing. Like, I it's guess. It's such a bad, like, we're going to reinforce. bad, influence. This bad I influence. I guess
1: it's not like, it's not harming, like, counterfeiters aren't dangerous criminals. And, no, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It does feel weird. Like, for this movie. It's yeah. very important
0: reason. Just going like, hey, doesn't this look cool? Don't you wish you were out doing this again?
1: And like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want this? Too bad. <laughs> and like, what audience is going to be like, you know, I just didn't feel like the counterfeiting scene was authentic enough.
0: But I watch it and I'm like, yeah, that's real. And they right. made counterfeit money. And yeah. despite the crew's best efforts, a lot of them got into circulation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: best maybe doing a lot of heavy Mm. lifting here.
0: Yeah. The well like the build quality was so good that it wasn't immediately noticeable. Sure. It took, like, detection, the Treasury agents actually looking into it. Yeah. The Secret Service picked up the, they were called X-Bills, because that's how they were marked. Sure. For quite some time after <laughs> filming wrapped. Friedkin admitted that he, it was him spending the counterfeit money on business meals.
1: What? <laughs> during No. <shooting. laughs> you cannot do that. He admitted it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> but then. Sir. He admitted it and people like uh, treasury agents came to his house and he was like oh you can't come in without a warrant like he checked in with Penovich, and he was oh, like my how do i get out of this he's like God. just never allow them a warrant never return their calls and you'll be fine <laughs> and that's what he did wow. it was fine.
1: so not only <laughs> do you think that counterfeiter who they then sent back to jail was like motherfucker? <laughs> I what the- just- are you telling me <laughs> So wait, so not only did they, like, not only did they show how to counterfeit money, but how to avoid taking any heat for it afterwards.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Just through the coaching from a Secret Service agent.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Secret Service. Doing your job. Uh, But
0: Friedkin wasn't the only one. A bunch of PAs tried to use the money, Mm. but some of the bills were only printed on one side.
1: Okay, that's your fault. Yeah. How do you not notice they that? They tried
0: to buy candy, and according to Friedkin... They tried to buy candy. Yeah. Because they, they, <laughs> they didn't want anything. They just wanted to see oh. if they could do it. Oh, okay. uh,
1: a great way to get in.
0: A treasury agent thing. came to set, and they had to like, <laughs> be like, so sorry, we were Hi, just playing. Steve.
1: Can I chat with you, please? <laughs> Print uh, it on one side. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I can't. All right.
0: Uh. Wow. So for one of the things I love about this movie, and I feel like we have talked about this already in our personal lives, mm. is that it—it's this LA movie counterfeit stuff, but it doesn't look like LA. It just every place looks like shit.
1: I—I <laughs> I feel like every movie that's even you know no oh, excuse me never having been to LA. Sorry, I'm just gonna have the hiccups on mic for like ten minutes. Is that okay? Perfect. Great. Thank you. <laughs> I I do feel like uh, that is what L.A. is like, like if you're not specifically setting out to be like the glamour, the danger, you know, you just get this like very, (laughs) it's it's a lot of like, um, what's the word for when it's not houses? Industrial areas.
0: I I have the thing, maybe this is, like, it came afterward, but I have the feeling of, like, oh, when I see L.A., I'm used to, like, they're shooting in Beverly Hills. Or even, like, Mulholland Drive. That movie has, like, it makes L.A. look maybe not nice, but it makes it look, like... Distinctive. Yeah, or it has, like, a nice veneer over everything. Yeah. Something like that.
1: This is just trash. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like just
1: gross highways, just smog.
0: Industrial area. Yeah, like you're at a restaurant and behind you is just like an oil refinery of some kind. Yeah,
1: exactly. Somehow, yeah. Uh,
0: So this is a quote from Lily Kilvert of the production design team. I think she was head of production, but she was certainly high up in it. Um, Quote, though the script was written to be shot in the valley, which is the like nicer looking areas. Sure. uh, I asked Billy, that's what she calls Friedkin. Oh. (laughs) Oh, my. If I could use the L.A. that fascinated me, the very edges of L.A., the bridges of Long Beach, the hills above the, quote, wrong side of L.A., (laughs) Uh, he was totally open and gave me freedom to find my L.A. My favorite scene is watching Willem Dafoe make counterfeit money. I learned the technique from a guy recently released from prison, but it's a secret how I met him.
1: Uh, Excuse?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Willem's ballet in that scene sets the whole tone of the movie. The wicked Mm. were beautiful and the good guys were mundane and die.
1: Oh. Yeah. Lily. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Brutal.
0: But I love that it was like, it was her idea to be like, you, you know, we could do the like, slick Miami Vice kind of thing. Yeah. But you know what would be good? Mm-hmm. Make it look like trash.
1: The seedy fucking underbelly movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so it was shot all in gang territories, pretty much. Oh, good. Uh, and quote from Friedkin uh, on how he na- navigated this, mm. quote, there's always a barn boss there's always some guy who runs the neighborhood. You go to that guy, and you hire people from the neighborhood to be in the scenes, and you're okay. You have to go okay, out and make peace okay. with the barn bosses first.
1: Okay, so very much a a like answer to <laughs> hard boiled, where they were just like <laughs> the triads are just showing up, like hey, see, that's what you do. You go to the triads first. You pay them. You show respect. There you go. <laughs> Advice from Garbage Pod. <laughs> pay off your local mob. Yeah, all right, fair. That's sure. Provide a job for <laughs> gang members. Wild. That's I mean, say you know it's authentic as hell. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you are you are literally seeing the city side. You are seeing. Yes.
1: Did you have to yeah. pay someone off to use this area? Yeah. I
0: just love the detail of yeah. Well, bring in your boys. They can be the extras yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Well,
1: that's yeah. That's a idea, it, right? It's like yeah, you can be in a movie.
0: The prison scenes they are shot in a prison. Right. Those are all prisoners.
1: That I knew, and yeah. I'm I'm never sure how that is a good idea <laughs> for a, for anyone, right? Yeah. To be like, no, I. i live here this is my cell can you not you know but all right (laughs) i have to assume they didn't pay anybody but
0: yeah that's the downside i I hope they did but
1: be nice yeah yeah, who knows (laughs) who knows Um, very authentic locations yes i like it
0: speaking of the prison scenes john torturo He's he's so great. He's so great. He improvised the vast majority of his lines, and Friedkin loved it. Yep. He's like, yeah, keep surprised. going, more, more, more. <laughs> be weirder. Be crazier.
1: He's yeah. He's very John Turturro. Yeah. Like that's the character. Yeah.
0: And the last nice. thing I've got here that I wanted to just wanted to make sure that you knew about for your. Yep. Like state of mind. I'm uh, looking
1: at the back of your notes as if I'm going to be able to. Oh, like what's coming up? Okay.
0: There's a uh, old Hollywood legend that Michael Mann sued Friedkin over this movie.
1: Michael Mann. Okay. Yeah,
0: because it's so like Miami Vice. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, Friedkin and Mann both say that no, they're best friends. They would they would never sue each other. Oh, they're just okay. having fun.
1: <laughs> we're just we're just making movies here, guy. <laughs>
0: No, I've, this coming on the back of learning that in the movie Manhunter, also with William Peterson, that Michael Mann wanted William Friedkin to play Hannibal Lecter.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. That really. I mean, we joke. He is. He is borderline unwell. Like yeah. William Friedkin is a handful.
0: From everything I read about this, I feel like French connection through Sorcerer, like that early seventies. That's where all the big madman energy came from, and then Sorcerer cleaned his brain out, and he came into (laughs) this movie, and everybody... I don't know if there was stuff in between. There's, like, ten years between these two Mm, movies. Sure. But, uh, yeah, that everybody's like, oh, yeah, he was great. I was scared to work with him, but, like, he was... It was the easiest (laughs) shoot I've ever done. All these things of, like, saying, like, he was an amazing collaborator, like Uh, Lily Silver there saying... Right,
1: on on Live and Die in LA. Yeah. Okay, all right. So maybe
0: he just... Relaxed a little after losing his mind on the after Exorcist. After completely.
1: And stuff. When was um, The Exorcist? It was 73? Oh, so yeah, so really. Okay, like yeah, okay.
0: It was like French Connection Exorcist.
1: <laughs> Sorcerer. Sorcerer. I think
0: Cruising <laughs> comes after that. Okay. Uh,
1: what the hell? <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Uh, it's good shit. Cool. Very cool. Cool
1: guy. Well, that's nice. It's good that he, he chilled out a bit for yeah. this movie about, like, corruption and... oh, oy vey.
0: Yeah. Good facts. Thanks. <laughs> I wanted to uh throw a lot of info about To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah. at you. Yeah. Oh. So now I'm gonna go to you and ask you about your... What's yeah. your takeaway? What are your thoughts on this whole thing?
1: I, I do really like the artifice of it. Mm. There's... there It's sort of both extremes of like it's very all of the characters are so puffed up and mm-hmm. and like you say like the the relationships are all artificial and and based on oh how did how did he put it um,
0: counterfeit really related-
1: counterfeit relationships. relationships? Yeah, yeah yeah they're all based on like what you can either either they're not real and you're getting something well no yeah they're all not real Mm. and you're getting something out of it even if it's just like oh the appearance of whatever of like having a stable home life or you know getting along with your boss or whatever in reality they all fucking hate each other's guts Is is my my takeaway, and Vukovic being the only one who isn't really like that, like, he really does try to, like, he tries to express himself honestly to Chance, like, you shouldn't have taken that that piece of evidence from the crime scene, Mm -hmm. you you can't do that, it messes things up, and Chance, like, really goes, you know, puffs up at him, Hmm? and Vukovic is like, I'm not a snitch yeah. i wouldn't like i'm not gonna turn you in but it's just this immediate reaction chance has of like if you're not for me you are against me and you are my enemy. enemies very yeah. like is like damn dude <laughs> you just did something stupid i'm not here to like
0: also we met like six hours ago yeah. like
1: <laughs> you're already literally committing crimes in front of me <laughs> yeah so that idea of, like, testing the waters to be mm. like, I'm going to commit a crime in front of him to see if he's my enemy or my friend. It's yeah. just a very, like, you are constantly testing people and poking them and, like, <laughs> on your guard, and there's just no no way to be yourself. Yeah. You're constantly projecting on your on other people. That's what it is. It's
0: the projection, right? Yeah. Like, just thinking about how, yeah, you were presented with all of these tropes up top, and then the movie is just disassembling that basically yeah
1: yeah 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 Yeah. so this very like heavy you know all synthesizer soundtrack and like just very artificial Mm. but not in a bad way it's it is i like that they they filmed in just the grossest parts of la (laughs) because it does sort of give it that people are behaving as if like you say you know as if they are secret service agents and as if everything they do is world-endingly important and like they're the only ones who know how to do their jobs and all of this sort of thing and meanwhile there's like a guy pushing a shopping cart in the back like they're just you know yeah. no it's fine like you're constantly looking at this like terrible environment that isn't good because, like, you didn't improve anything.
0: Yeah, all those it helps to heighten that surreal feeling that Friedkin has where it's just like you're just juxtaposing one thing that makes no sense on top of a thing that makes <laughs> yeah. no sense but you you know but it's real. But for a reason, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Friedkin is very much, to to me, he's very much a, like, at arm's length character yeah. guy. You never, you're not supposed to empathize with them in, in the same way that Absolutely. you know, yeah. It, you're looking at people being like, "Wow, that was a stupid decision," <laughs> <You know? laughs> and and so giving them this backdrop where the people are so convinced that they are like the shining example of how to be a person, yeah. and how to get through in this in this world, get by, you know, climb to the top of the heap, yeah. and they're just in the gutter still. Yeah, <laughs> it's just
0: top of the heap in the gutter. Yeah, yeah that I, I like you saying, "Freak and keeping arms like," because that's mm. I feel like. I feel like in his other movies I was never sure if that was a, like an on purpose thing or just a style or what sure. and in this movie it feels very much like it's what heightens it in a lot of ways to me like
1: Yeah, no it that's fair.
0: makes it so much more effective when you're when you're not trying to be like he may be a piece of shit but you all you love him and you're yeah. like no I William Peterson <laughs> nope. sucks in this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, nope, he's just not likable on yeah. purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, like, it, the exorcist is very, to me, is mm. very arm's length as well. Maybe, um, I keep wanting to say wages if you're a sorcerer, is, mm. sorcerer is maybe you do empathize. Yeah, like, you get to... You can to... have sympathy for them.
0: Yeah, but I feel like it takes time to build it up as opposed to trying totally. to force it on you right away. That'll, that Yes, that'll by but...
1: the end of the movie, it's very, like damn, it sucks that that happened to him. Like, by the end of the fucking movie. (laughs) this The whole way through for live and and die in L.A. is just very, like, yep, that's a decision he made. I know he's going to make it because he's a piece of shit. And I
0: can see how he came to that conclusion, but (laughs) dumb times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, just like the the constant the the scale he's really good at. Like mm. look at how tiny and insignificant these people are yeah. compared to this whole world where no one cares what they're doing, but they care so much. And not in a good way.
0: Yeah. Too much. Mm-hmm. When cops care too much.
1: <laughs> William Friedkin.
0: <laughs> yeah. I believe that was the subtitle.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah so that's uh that's my takeaway it's cool. just like it feels very much like it is making fun of the the characters it's like look a, at you go yeah look in a
0: you. very serious way like you're watching yeah. rats run a maze kind of thing
1: yeah totally yeah <laughs> like very kubrick level of like look at these puppets <laughs> you know dense dense for me <laughs> nice. well wang you're
0: <laughs> seriously it's better than kubrick <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just saying I wouldn't object to Kubrick putting some web in <laughs> there once in a while. Would it kill you?
0: At least some tangerine dream or something. Come on, my dude.
1: <laughs> the middle of The Shining. <laughs> oh, God, if only. Someone out there, please. I please feel like The that. Shining it would
0: actually kind of work, probably.
1: <laughs> in that really, like, you fully dissociated yes, way? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, new project! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. So over to you. What uh, what do yeah.
0: you think? Well, I talked a lot, so I feel like I'm going to repeat myself a little bit. <laughs> well, okay. Um, but this Summarize. Is, I shall. This is my prime example of a movie that when, yeah, you just, like I said, you describe it on paper, you're like, oh, it's, it's just... Cop movie. Yeah, cop movie. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> or it, not that it sucks, but like... that it's I hate just, it. It's so carbon copy, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, it's just like a crime neo-noir flick, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's handled in such... It's just uh, uh, it's the sum of all of its parts make it so much better. Like yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. The way it's shot, the way it's acted, like everything just elevates it quite a lot. And I feel like we kind of mentioned this already. We both agree that it's not like it's not an art film by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like an artfully done cop film. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. I would um, consider it already. There's there's intent, right? There's, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like yeah, you're trying to get a message through in subtext, and I feel like yeah, and
1: everything, every everything you have at your disposal is Mm. in service of that that message, right? The production design and the all of the like acting choices, Mm. yeah, yeah, totally cool. Oops, sorry.
0: That was the gavel of we have an accord. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so decided. So so with that decided, this is (laughs) like just watching this. It's. It's funny how muddled this gets, and I feel like it's got to be somewhat on purpose. Mm. But it, this is just a revenge movie. Yeah. Full stop.
1: Yeah. When you when you strip away the other stuff, yeah.
0: Yeah, like that's yeah. You quoted my note at me.
1: <laughs> nice. Me staring at the back yeah, of your notes it, is working.
0: Doing the the Ghostbusters yeah. uh, psychic thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you strip away all the trappings, it's just a. Classic revenge movie. Got to get my like my
1: partner. I'm gonna get you. It could
0: be a western for all we know. Like, yeah, yeah, It's it's a tale as old as time. Uh, <laughs> like it's a crime movie. It's a new noir. It's an 80s <laughs> as hell thing. But it's just <laughs> this motivated by revenge story uh, that gets convoluted by trying to jump through all these hoops of what you need to get done to make revenge palatable.
1: Almost. Sure, yeah, to, yeah. to justify yeah, what like, you're doing.
0: William Peterson wants to shoot Masters in the face. Yeah. But he knows he's not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. So Unless he, will...
1: he has a reason. Mm-hmm. Yes. And,
0: and so he will get revenge on the terms that he knows how to get revenge on. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: very rats in a maze feeling. Yeah. 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 You and only see can... one way out of it, yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. He's just trying to keep all the characters at arm's length just to make them run around. Yeah. like. Yeah, you can understand what they're going through and all that, but chances actively pushing everyone, including the audience, away.
1: <laughs> yes. So yeah, very unlikable. Yeah,
0: we're left as spectators watching stuff unfold and like moment to moment you're maybe not fully grasping the full like I know I've I've mentioned I'm a full moron. Watching the last act of this movie the first time, I was having not a hard time keeping track, but like the severity of what was happening really took yes. a while to settle in on me. Yeah, the cause yeah.
1: and effect was a little yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I, I really love that about it, though, because it, does, it doesn't it does present a shiny and glitzy, this guy murdered my partner, here's how I'm getting revenge on him. It's I want to get revenge on him. Here's all the things I fucked up along the way in order mm. to do it, and all the, like, bear traps I stepped in along the way, you know? Just <laughs> and totally beefed it.
0: Yeah, it's not about going straight to revenge, it's about manufacturing revenge, kind of? No, totally, yeah.
1: yeah. He's, he's making up, like, okay, well, if I kind of bend this rule, and if I... I tr- just make sure nobody sees me do this, and if I actively commit this crime, <laughs> then I can. Don't worry because it'll all be justified in the end. Yes, when I get revenge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah It's it's very it is very artfully done. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. So ultimately, I like it. It's good.
1: It's good. Signed off. Yeah. Signed.
0: co Uh Yeah. So that's my my big takeaway. So now that we've spoken our thoughts on living and dying in LA. Uh, it's now time for, uh, us to... I still have a title for this segment, I realize.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, We're not big on titles.
0: <laughs> we'll use, uh, To Live and Die in LA to program a double bill, complete with a marquee title if you happen to think about that. I didn't this time, so... Sure didn't. Yep. Hurrah.
1: I have one, though. Oh, okay, good. Yeah.
0: Well take it away
1: oh sure i always go first
0: well we're doing the back and forth you see
1: okay all right right, <laughs> okay so my my big takeaway mostly being like yes there there are this you know intertwined group of people and like friedkin says like there's really no difference between cops and criminals yeah. when you have to behave a certain way and you know criminals often get rewarded and mm. you, you know it's just very crab buckety, where everyone is struggling to get to the top of this pile, but it's just a trash heap. Like, it's, <laughs> there's nothing good about being at the top of the pile. You're just at the top. Yeah. But to them, that means something because that's how small the world is for them. Yeah. You know? So... Um, this doesn't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface this, this isn't exactly a trashy movie, oh. but it's a satire, so I feel like Ooh. that kind of, that kind of tracks. I'm gonna pair this with The Death of Stalin oh. from 2017, um, Armando mm. Iannucci's movie about the death of Stalin, <laughs> and the <laughs> scramble in the power vacuum afterwards. Oh. So, yeah, not trash. It's no. not a trash movie, for sure. It's very funny, but it's not badly done or, or anything like that. It's not it's not pulpy or whatever, but it's just, it's a satire. It's funny, so yeah. I'm considering it lighter fare than To Live and Die in
0: LA. Well, I feel like you they're kind of related to her, like, saying that To Live and Die in LA is kind of on this barrier of, like, it's this mainstream entertainment movie that's artfully done. I feel like sure. same thing for Death of Stalin, where it's like, yeah, it's kind this of. weird... Yeah. In betweeny kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're like, is it? Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the conceit being that there's like one you know top guy or whatever, and and when he kind of cracks or when he you know <laughs> gets shot in the face, but yeah. when Stalin dies, when Chance dies, there's spoilers. Stalin dies. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry guys. <laughs> Sorry everyone who has been alive and doesn't know this. um Uh. Yeah, there's there's sort of a scramble and a like a constant undermining of other people mm. and like trying to keep other people down and seeing these relationships as very transactional and as very yes. fake and just like what can you get out of these people? How can you manipulate them to do your your little bidding? Everybody
0: whatever? fucking hates each other.
1: It hates each other so much. <laughs> and for no real reason other than like, oh, they're just doing what I want to do, but better or worse. Mm. You know, just any reason at yeah. all. So that's uh that's my big takeaway and oh, I had another thing too and I can't remember what it is.
0: I do like that a lot of a lot of how I remember Death of Stalin is like because everybody hated Stalin so much when he's gone it's kind of like, Well, he owes me this, like it's this kind of like I deserve <laughs> yeah, this thing. I
1: suffered through, yeah. yeah. It's also a, a factor of your environment in both movies where Ooh. the you know, like I like I was saying about Live and Die in LA, it's just once your world is just the trash heap that's all that matters to you yeah. yeah when those are your stakes you just assign 100 percent importance to the trash heap and being on top of it and
0: you can see people being too invested and you're like just step back it's man. it's
1: fine yeah. yeah yeah and so it's kind of the environment that like if you you it, it will chew you up if you don't fight back against it and become the crazy person <laughs> who's really into extortion and you know murder <laughs> That's literally the only way, you know, and you still might get a shotgun to the face. Yep. Good chance um, you will. Yep. yep. And same, obviously, with. There's. The, <laughs> the level to which they take it when you are running a country and there are 1,000 people ready to murder you and step into your place at any time is. Yes, obviously, those stakes are higher, but there's still this just fanatical, like the only important thing is being at the top yeah. no matter what anything else like complete blinders on so yeah. that that environment really messes with you in, Full in end, both cases justify
0: the means yes times,
1: yeah. yeah if you if you step into this world and you're not prepared to be that guy you are going to lose <laughs> yeah you're done for sure you are going to die yeah <laughs> And it kind of, like, it It almost loops back around. It kind of fishhooks back to, like, yes, you know, uh, Friedkin is keeping his characters at arm's length. Mm. The satire, I feel like, takes that and then almost loops it back around where the people are so far removed from, you know, they're real people. These characters yeah. are real humans that existed, but the the way that they're portrayed is so... Removed from it's so sympathy, that yeah, yeah, that too, yeah, <laughs> that it it loops back around to being like ah. This dumb, stupid idiot. Like, I kind of, you know, you kind of start rooting for one or the other of them at, at, at various points in the movie. Yeah, so.
0: you're picking picking a team of horrible mm-hmm. dictatorial types.
1: Yes, yeah. And in the end, it's, uh, you know, history repeats itself of, like, now Vukovic is chance. Yep. He's wearing the jacket. Yeah. He's extorting his parolee. Mm-hmm. And in the end, Khrushchev um, steps into, like, party leader um yes place yeah it was Khrushchev. and um i can't remember who is like eyeing him at the very the last shot is like the guy just below him now kind (laughs) of eyeballing him um yeah it's just there's got to be one shithead at the top Do anything to get there.
0: Oh, is that the name of your double bill? Yeah.
1: I was going to call my double bill Mask Off. Okay. But Shithead at the top is, yeah, Colin Shithead at the top is. (laughs) Oh, I can see the poster.
0: I like that. Yeah. That's good. Do you, you which order would you want to watch them in? Mmm. There's no clear order coming to my mind's eye.
1: No, but I don't think... All respect to William Peterson and... um, Oh, what's his name? John Pankow and everyone else. Willem Dafoe. I genuinely do not think you can follow Jason Isaacs in this... He is great. So I'm going to say to live and die in L.A. And you get that, like, 80s, yeah, and then you go to death of stalin which is like you say so anachronistic that it might as well be 2017 that the yeah. movie is set in
0: yeah yes. like i like that too for like to live in Dine LA is very artificy and then like oh you yeah. like like eh?
1: let's get into it yeah exactly there you go <laughs> thank you for marketing my double bill oh you're very welcome yes
0: i am at my heart uh movie mercury
1: i'm I, begging I... your pardon <laughs>
0: Cut that in, <laughs> not in the final product. No, I'm
1: gonna keep. I'm gonna make a super reel of all the times you've died on Mike.
0: Oh my god, I feel like they're It's like it's not even every episode. There's just like every no. once in a while. I just catastrophic
1: failure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> complete system Woo. Woo, yeah, sweet. So that's me.
0: Nice, nice. Well, for mine, uh, like I said. The revenge story aspect of it really stuck out to me this time. Mm. So I'm uh, billing this with a movie that follows all of its same cues, but in a different genre. Oh, okay. So it's a revenge story where the motivation is the murder of the protagonist's partner and mentor who is about to retire. So specific, but classic (laughs) trope. The revenge seeker uses their profession instead of violence uh, outright uh, to exact a specific kind of revenge. Uh sure they may think about killing the guy, but they'd prefer to do things in what they're told is like or taught is like the right way. Okay.
1: Um I'm on the edge of my fucking seat. <laughs> here.
0: Uh after the mentor partner is murdered, the protagonist gets a new partner who is a dumb wiener that they hate. But eventually there comes to be that respect, classic buddy Sure, stuff. Yeah. Uh we're not treated to the full machinations of the plans that are being hatched. Uh on either side Oh, her. sure, sure. Um, yeah. And the Revengers are forced to improvise a lot in, in in taking on their absurd plans that should not work. Okay, uh, We're left without key information throughout, but it does the classic movie thing of just drops that bit of information right when, when you, you need, need it. it. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. Uh, and even though their c- convoluted, re- convoluted revenge plans work, even after they spiral wildly out of control with no resolution seeming possible, the protagonist is shot and gunned down on screen. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 1973's The Sting.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. You're gonna have to (laughs) give me a
0: minute. (laughs) I'll just drop some. This this is-
1: Okay, okay. I'm putting together now The Sting. We watched a bunch of like 70s Kind of not even neo noir, but I like, like
0: we just watch a lot of con capers, yeah. a
1: lot of yeah, exactly. This is the once. classic
0: caper movie. It truly
1: is. Yeah. Okay, all right. So walk me through it. Yeah,
0: so we got Redford and Newman and Robert Shaw there. I can't. I'm gonna refer to them as those as yep, opposed the, to their. Yeah. You should. So, like, we start out with uh, Redford's uh, mentor, Luther, is his, like, con buddy. Uh, They pull a big score on Robert Shaw's gang. Right. And uh, Luther, the mentor, is gunned down by Robert Shaw's gang after that. Gunned. Um, At which point... Had uh, Redford's like, oh, I'm gonna get revenge on this guy, right. but he's not like he can't go to the violence. He, he just has to like stick to conning. That's yeah, that's his name. only
1: skill set. Yeah. yeah,
0: so he goes to uh, Newman, who is uh, Henry Gondorf. I'll remember that name because it's it's,
1: <laughs> it's a great name. Very
0: funny. Okay. And when they meet, it's there's just so much tension of like they clearly hate each other a lot and like really begrudgingly come to work together in this thing. Yes. And it's just because they both hate Robert Shaw. Right, yeah. That's the only reason that they are... I do
1: remember Newman being very resentful in this movie. Yeah,
0: and like first draft of it before Newman was attached, it, they Gondorf was supposed to be like a bit character that you're supposed to hate, but then ultimately oh. be like, I guess he knows what he's talking about. Uh, okay. They just wrote it up more when he came in. Yeah, you um, gotta,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, so they have, They just, it's just... This immensely convoluted plan to con uh, Robert Shaw out of all of his money to bankrupt right. him, basically. And I believe, if I remember right, like get him arrested, like somehow prove he's like get him get him on notice, basically. Sure. I I don't remember the specifics of it. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the film does a lot of the how are they going to get out of this one kind of stuff. <laughs> yes, uh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, and this is—I already kind of gave it away, but I mean, watch the sting. It's it's great, even it's if you know one hundred percent of it. It's yeah. super fun. In the end, Robert Redford gets shot in the back.
1: I don't remember you don't that really? part now,
0: and it's played so seriously because at Aww. no point do they talk about the plan includes oh, they'll no, fake no, his no, death. I Do
1: remember? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then okay.
0: it's like the last thing is like. He, like, rolls over and, like, thumbs up, freeze hey, frame, and yeah. all done. Like, it's really quite <laughs> Robert sad. Redwood would
1: go on to become the president of the United <laughs> States. Yes, I remember now. Okay, so this is, yeah, this is the exact same movie, except you're substituting a car chase, a backwards car chase for, like, Something involving ticker, uh, yeah, tickers. like horse racing, yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, numbers coming in,
0: and there's a lot of the same. Oh my god, it's a lot of the same tropes of like uh, the sting has. There's one character I can't remember his name, really nervous guy energy that he's afraid he's gonna blow the con. Really reminds me of John Pankow's sure. energy of just sure. like, but what are you doing, Chance? Like that kind of thing. we can't do this yeah and it okay. does the same thing of like the criminals are so cool in this anytime law enforcement is on screen they're fucking dorks and you hate them
1: you're very i remember being like oh come on get lost when they're like <laughs> trying to legitimately bust they're trying to bust the con yeah. that Redford and Newman are pulling on Shaw when you're like no that's a good one yeah, let them get do out of that way. crime <laughs> This is good crime
0: and like the quote unquote authority figures. You're like, yeah, bring them down, yeah. get him.
1: yeah, <laughs> embarrass them. Yeah, <laughs> this is very true.
0: Yeah, I also oh, nice enjoy it for uh, live and dine. L A is an artistic movie to me with all the trashy trimmings, mm-hmm. and the sting feels like it's the opposite almost where yeah, it's you're like
1: making trash out like enjoyable trash just yeah. like pure adrenaline fun times and like out of it doesn't
0: try to be artful it's it literally is just like we're watching charismatic people talk totally. around yeah
1: it's a lot of like haha gotcha yeah On to the next scene yeah like...
0: but it's got all the artistic trimmings of like True. acclaimed cl- cast acclaimed crew and composer and it won so many oscars yeah it's a period directed. setting this is yes exactly yeah yeah it's
1: just yeah artfully pulled off that's yeah. so funny yeah they are inverse in that way of like live and die in la is art made out of trash yeah and the sting is the <laughs> other way around it, right? yeah. <laughs> the ultimate I love con that.
0: tricking you into thinking you're watching an artful movie
1: He fucking got me again <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I think that you watch to live and die in L.A. to like really plunge into the abyss, and then yes. you pull yourself out by watching. uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> by listening to the <laughs> entertainer <laughs> for two <laughs> hours straight. <laughs> I'm still. I have a little PTSD from that. It's just so funny. DVD he, menu screen just over it over. <laughs>
0: um, like the composer, quote composer. It's it's just the. Entertainer, guy. yeah, but it's Marvin Snapchat. Hamlish is the one arranging all of the oh okay the the entertainer over and over and like okay. he is he was a huge deal and like yeah, yeah remains yeah. a huge deal big egot guy yeah. like,
1: oh I didn't know that
0: yeah one of, not one of the first but one of the the big ones to to do it and it's just very funny to me that like oh we'll get this amazing guy and like he will just the goddamn
1: entertainer. The, <laughs> And hey just, so you know the ice cream truck song can you do that
0: is basically can you figure out ways to make it not uh, immensely grating yeah. to hear endlessly <laughs> to be fair that's where the skill is yes it's that's that's hard
1: to do yeah <laughs> ah, wonderful so
0: for once i didn't choose a horrifying thing to <laughs>
1: <laughs> for once i'm not gonna leave this table like scarred <laughs> and broken yeah, but you well, will
0: leave it with the entertainer stuck in your head.
1: So. so who's to say what's worse? Yeah,
0: it's truly, uh, no matter what, you're living in your own, <laughs> this own personal hell now. a
1: lose-lose scenario. <laughs> now I'm just picturing the exorcist, but instead of tubular bells, it's the entertainer. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> freaking you bitch.
0: Max Moncido walking up from the in the fog. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Getting out of the car. That's <laughs> um, lovely.
0: Timed perfectly for when he closes the car door.
1: Yes. Slam. <laughs> okay. Well, we're remaking The Exorcist,
0: uh, and we got to so we got to remake The Exorcist and The Shining yeah. with Wang Chanyeol, Dream, Dream, something yeah. so instead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got a lot of homework.
1: <laughs> we got a lot. Yeah. You're not going to hear from us for a little while. We're doing very important work for approximately one week. Yeah. <laughs> more or less. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for that. That's, I've got to go listen to some Wang Chung now.
0: Well, everyone will be tonight. Uh, furthermore, Thank you all for joining us on this episode of Gartbridge. <laughs> Um You can find us at Gartbidge Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Uh, Aaron, where can the people find you? And do you have any final thoughts for the people?
1: Oh, uh, my final thoughts are that uh, William Fried can go read about him. It's mm. just a lot going on with that dude. <laughs> yeah. And you can find me on the Twitters at Maclebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. I'll try to ramp up my amount of Friedkin posting mm-hmm. for you.
0: I would appreciate that. Yes, for you personally. Oh, for, yeah, you meant me? I'm looking at you. Okay. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can find me at Dick R Navis, D-I-C-K R Navis. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice so more people can find the show. Yes, please. Yeah, and I hope you'll join us next time for another pile of dirt.